Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. For on the record, I'm Brother Priest. Today is April 23rd, 2018. Uh, this is Seed of Thought. Uh, let me see. We have Texas. Is that Sister Shanice? Yes, it is. How are you, Sister? I'm fine. And you? I'm okay. I'm okay. Good to have you here. So we got North New Jersey. So that's Okay, it's two of them. So that's Brother Bradley and Brother Trevon. Maine is Brother E.K. Georgia is Montavious. Um, New York is uh, Gavin. And then we have Southwest Georgia. That is Brother Eric and Sister Crystal. And then we have, oh, okay, I see Central Minnesota just popped on. So that would be Brother... Um, who is Central? Wait a minute. Who who's calling from Central Minnesota? Shalom, brother. I just got on the line. It's brother Shane. Forgive me, forgive me, brother, because something something has recently occurred with somebody. That's in Minnesota, and um, I'll just leave it alone. I just want—I'm just wanted to make sure that you—that um, it was you. All right. Um, last week I attempted to talk about uh, trying to explain, you know, how the, the Jewish people are, how they became known as the face of. Hebrews, um, and it's, pre- it's predominantly because the Hebrew faith is for everybody. It's just that it was given to us first, us as Israelites. It's for everybody. One thing you got to understand, I use this um, this analogy. Just look at this. There are people in Flint, Michigan, who are sick from the water. There are people in Los Angeles, California, who are not sick from the water. If you look at this, compare it to curses. I'm not saying the people in Flint are cursed, but I'm just comparing this to a curse. The people in Flint are being cursed. 
well, they're not being cursed, but I'm saying liken that onto a curse as opposed to the people in Los Angeles, California. And I'm, and I'm just talking about the, the cities. Now, the cities can be mostly Negroes, you know, various nationalities, but let's look at the city. No, let me go to another one. Rain. It's raining in Flint, Michigan right now, so to speak, not really. Not raining in Los Angeles, California. The rain is the curse on the people of Flint, Michigan. Los Angeles, California, no curse, no rain. So if both cities are both Hebrews by faith, no matter what nationality, the Flint, Michigan people are the ones getting punished for what they've done there. The L.A. people didn't do those same things to get punished. Now let's centralize it. All the people in Flint, Michigan, all Negroes, all Hebrews, all Israelites, people in L.A., California, all Caucasoids. Rain is hitting Flint. Rain is not hitting L.A. Curses are coming down in Flint. Curses are not coming down in L.A. If all the Caucasoids are Hebrews, too, that are in Flint, I mean that are in L.A., if all of them, if all those Caucasoids are Hebrews, that means that they didn't break the laws to have those curses come down on them. That means the Negroes in Flint did. That's why the curses are only coming down on them. Brother Eric, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Shalom. Uh, I'm just feeling it. It's just, I, I really don't have not, nothing to, to say on it. It just, I'm just intaking. I mean, cause uh, yeah, they they. I'm trying to see how, you know, it it came about. You know, like uh, I guess sort of, what did they do to deserve it? You you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes, sir. What that are you? Okay, so the Negroes in Flint, Michigan, broke the law, statutes, and commandments. The Caucasoids, who are also Hebrews in Los Angeles, California, did not break the law, statutes, and commandments. Whatever it may be. Well, let me use something specific. Stealing. There's rampant theft going on in Flint. Curses come down on them for that. No stealing in Los Angeles. Well, in reality, there is, but, you know, in this fictitious world I'm making up here. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, there's all them Negroes there, you know. Uh, but anyway, no stealing going on in Los Angeles, full of caucasoids, no curse. They ain't doing nothing wrong. They're Hebrews too. But they're not doing what these Negroes and Flint are doing. That's kind of like, sir. Oh, okay, I was going to say maybe it was, you know, for every action, it's like uh, what they call a Newton's law. For every action, there's a reaction, and uh, and and it's a it's on a bigger scale when it's uh, a group of people, because it, it's uh, how you say it, the uh, the reaction from their actions will be like uh, uh, what I'm trying to get uh, like a a catastrophic event. Or something. Uh, yeah. You get, if I'm if I'm making sense, uh, with that idea. Yeah, it it is. Hold on, I'm about to I'm about to do screen sharing. So, if those of you who are on the internet at your computer, um. Please log on to the screen sharing. Those who don't know how to do it, hold tight, and I'll get to you in a moment. I need to start this uh, screen sharing up because I'm going to be having to make some moves while um, we're on this call. So um, please log on for those who know how. All right. So... The idea is if you call Hebrew a religion, let's look at it that way. But one group of Hebrews are not doing something and another group of Hebrews are doing something, then the ones that are doing something that's wrong are the ones getting punished. Now, when you break that down into nations, the children of Israel were punished but what we did wrong and what we're reading in the Bible is what we did right and what we did wrong. And although the, the, the tools of the faith were given to us first, we did wrong. We had a price to pay. Other people on the earth, Hebrews also, they didn't do it. They're not suffering the same curses we're suffering because they didn't do that. They might suffer their own curses. The scriptures are written by us. They're written by us, beyond a shadow of a doubt. So this is our perspective, our history. This is us talking about us in relationships to other people on the earth and how we see them. How do we see pharaohs of Egypt? How do we see, you know, governors and rulers of Rome? What, were our, what is our perspective, our viewpoint, vantage point of our dealings with them? Now, they had their vantage point, and they wrote their history of how they saw us. But this Bible is us writing about our perspective. So we get into we to mess. And um, this is what happened. 
Okay. Anyone does not anyone that does not know how to log on to the free screen sharing. Um, I just got on a on a computer. Can you tell me how to log on again? Give me like about four or five minutes. Okay. Um, anyone does not know how to log on. Okay. Is there anybody that can't log on? Shalom, brother. Um, this is brother Trevon. No, I can't log on right now. I'm not near the computer, but I should be there in a half hour or so. Okay. That's fine. Shalom. I'm, I'm out cutting hair, so I won't be able to see it either. Okay, no problem. For those who see, yes, yes, sir. Oh, shalom, brother. Um, this is brother Gavin. I I won't be able to get on either. I don't have internet access right now. By the way, how is everything going down there for you, Gavin? Uh, it's it's still a fight for me right now. <clears throat> I probably get. Uh, I don't know if I told you my situation. Yeah, we don't so want to go into the line, though. We don't want to talk yeah. about this, you know. Right. But still, still a little rough. Um, I'm getting some leeway, but I'll talk to you another time. Okay. Stay strong, soldier. So, um, anyway, I got something up on the screen, uh, which is a, a timeline that I did. Um, so that we have a visual, can have a visual of what is taking place. And I'm gonna take this uh, lesson out to the to study groups in the public, and we're gonna need everybody in the nation's help to get a real solid understanding of this and so that you can be able to discuss it um, with some comprehension so that we can end um, a lot of the confusion. So, Anyhow, if somebody, if our people did something, he got punished for it. That doesn't mean that somebody else is going to suffer for what we did wrong. It's like it doesn't rain on every city, every state in the United States. It doesn't rain everywhere at the same time because not everybody is getting a punishment. Not everybody is receiving punishment. Uh, Brother E.K., 
What does that mean to you? Not everybody's receiving the same punishment at the same time. Or... Well, I mean situation, life situation. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Yeah, um, it's, uh, it's the same thing in, like, uh, in our everyday life. Um, for example, um, many of us, you know, may have loans that we take out from the banks or stuff like that, and for whatever the case may be, sometimes... You know, it happens. We may miss a couple of payments. Uh, if it, particularly if we want to make, if you want to extend the example a little bit further, when it's dealing with mortgages, um, there's the threat that, that you know you can your house could be foreclosed upon because in the contract there's a specified time frame you're supposed to be paying on time your payments, and then when that happens, you don't do that. Then that's when you know some of those ramifications can occur. Um, it's no different when, like, when we was growing up, we all went to school. We had a set of rules and protocols we're supposed to follow from the teacher. Um, if we was to break those, sometimes we, you know, either stay after school or we get suspended for whatever the case may be. So life is always challenging us based on what we need to correct. And so when we are deviating from protocols and rules of instruction, we usually get the antithesis of the good that we would have gotten if we were to still follow those type of things. So, um, and that's sort of what happens on a day-to-day basis. It's just that when, um, it's just like, for example, um, we go to school and um, we have access to the same course syllabus that the professor gives us, and they say, if you do this work, you get an A. If you do this type of work, you get a B, et cetera, et cetera. If you don't do any work or if you do poor work, you get an F. You fail the class. Now, everybody has access to the same body of information from the teacher, and it's indicative on every single individual to do what they're supposed to do according to the syllabus in order to make sure that they can get the grade that they deserve. So it's no different when it came to our people, our ancestors, the Hebrew faith was for everybody. Everyone had access to the same body of information. And the ones that perhaps followed it on their own offshoots, perhaps they didn't have to deal with the curse. But because we had the first covenant of preserving the truth, when we didn't do that, we deviated, then the terms and conditions of these curses that was obviously outlined in Deuteronomy, this is the terms and conditions and ramifications that will occur should you break these law statutes and commandments. So it's no different in our own day-to-day lives where we have terms and conditions that says, if you don't follow this contract or adhere to these terms and agreements, these type of things would overcome you with negativity. So that's sort of the same type of thread in our life's day-to-day interactions, not you. Very well put. There are some things that are universal. Okay. Some things don't matter whether you believe it or not. You don't work, you don't eat. That's universal. Oh, you got to be an Israelite, you got to work because if you're an Israelite, you can't eat because you're not Israelite. You don't work, you don't eat. 
Now, that's universal. I'm saying to you, one moment. I'm saying to you that every law, statute, and commandment is universal. Is natural law. It's written in nature. Now, whether we believe it or not does not matter. It doesn't matter if you're a little Christian, Hebrew, Satanist. Doesn't matter if you are Black Panther. The law applies to you. Don't start. Don't even. <laughs> so, excuse me, you all. Uh, Sister Tora and I have to handle some major business while I'm on this call. I hate to do it, but I have no choice. So we'll be traveling while on the call. Okay, now, it doesn't matter. You understand? It does not matter. Oh, I don't believe in the Bible. So what? Doesn't matter. It applies to you. The laws in particular apply to you. Let me give you an example. You don't believe in the Bible, but yet you get called into a court being accused of murdering, being accused of lying, stealing, and you got to put your hand on the Bible. You could be a Muslim, Christian, Hebrew, Hindu, Buddhist, Confucius, what the hell ever. Confused. You can be confused. <laughs> you can be whatever. It applies to you. You can have a religion. You cannot have a religion. Doesn't matter, it applies to you. What I want everybody to be able to see and be this is the this is the whole foundation of everything in this nation that we're talking about. Everything in this nation that we are about. This is the whole foundation of it. It comes down to self law. You, the individual, cannot escape the laws of the universe because they govern you as a male, a female, a child, a so-called transgender, confused, lesbian, homosexual, black, white, red, purple, everybody. Sure, you don't have to believe it. You don't have to read the Bible. It applies to us all. Now, why that is, that's a whole other thing that we got to learn as time grows. But my point is, it applies to us all. Um, Brother Bradley, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, 
echelon. Um, you know, just like we're all, we all can be Hebrews, you know, we all fall under that that body of law. And we all, um, basically all got to abide by the same, same codes, laws, ordinances, you know, that the most I laid out for us. So basically it's just like, you know, you had a job, everybody has different titles, but there's a code of conduct that must be followed. So a set of rules that, you know, can't be broken by anyone. So with that idea. Thank you, brother. It applies to everyone, no matter what your belief system is, you have to remember that. So as we go over this uh, timeline again, I want to explain what took place and how this applies. The real core of this message is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. So, Tavius, what does it mean to fear? In the biblical sense, excuse me, what does it mean in the biblical sense to fear? Um, I think that most, I think it means to um, have respect for for the most high in his laws, but. Um, yeah, it's correct. It's our, that's, that's all I can say. Okay. Fear is respect in the biblical sense. So when you see the term fear the Lord or fear of the Lord, that's what this whole thing is about. From the time of Adam referred to as Jesus. The whole thing is about it. It's really that simple. Meaning, respect the laws of nature. Respect nature itself. Respect it knowing that in your disrespect, there is a consequence there is a punishment promised. So the whole principle of two trees, one is the tree of life, one is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You can eat of this tree, the tree of life. Yes, you can. Do eat. But the other tree, do not. Don't disobey me. Don't eat of it. It's poisonous to you. And if you eat of it, you'll surely die. All right? Now, the, the real sum of it is obey the most high. Don't disobey the most high. Don't count to And if you do exactly that, then that means 
you fear the Lord. You're in harmony. If you if you disrespect nature and natural law and disrespect people, mistreat people, you will surely be cursed. You will suffer a spirit. And you continue on, you will suffer a physical death. Um, Sister Shanice, uh, what's that to you? What do you think about that? When I think of it, um, as far as fear and respect, like with children, sometimes when we discipline them, it seems like a fear, but it's more respect because they know we're not doing it to harm them, but we're doing it because they broke a rule or yeah, they usually break a rule or something of that nature. And they it's not like an actual fear, but it's more of like I respect my parents and I know that if I break this rule, they're going to discipline me. And that's what I was thinking of. Thank you, sister. Exactly. That's the same type of relationship. Because, you, of course, your children love you. We love the Most High, our Creator. We love the Most High. Not in a religious sense. Not in a religious sense of, because what these people think they love when they call on God is they love the God that they created in their own mind. <laughs> their own invention, an idol God that they have invented to fit their need and justify their own life situation and, and wickedness. And you can clearly see this when you talk to people, when you start pointing out certain things. All right, so. The fear of the Lord means obey and do not disobey. That is the law. That is the first law. Well, it's not the first. Well, yeah, that's really the first law. It's not actually the first command, but it is the first law, basically. Or one of the first. I'll just leave it general. Just obey the Lord. Obey the Most High. And part of doing that is being in harmony with society and with nature. That's what the 613 laws, statutes, and commandments are really all about. It really comes down to that. All right. Now, timeline. Adam to Abraham. No designation for a so-called religion. But Adam through Abraham had the covenant. They had the command, obey me and do not disobey me. Adam through Abraham, these were the patriarchs of our faith, of our culture, of our way of life. They're the founding fathers. Abraham through Saul, I don't think I put that. Hello, sir. I don't think I put that on there correctly. I think I put David, but Abraham through Saul, one moment. Abraham through Saul, Saul was the first king of Israel. David was the second. 
if I remember correctly. So Abraham through Saul, they were called Hebrews. Now here's the killer. Hebrew literally means to cross over. Abraham crossed over from, he crossed over the Euphrates River. This name was given to us. This is what we were described as. So we became known as Hebrews. From one moment. From David, that would be that would be approximately well, Adam to Saul is beginning around four thousand BC because how it works is um they say the earth is approximately life on earth is approximately six thousand years old. And because the scriptures describe a day is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. Technically speaking, we would be today in year 6,018, technically speaking. Why? Because the calendar is made to go backwards from the, from the time that Civilization started with Adam. So Adam all the way to Jesus, that's 4,000 years. From Yeshua to present day is 2,018 years. Total, 6,018 years. That's how Christian world describes it. We're just going to use that so we can understand this timeline. Okay. Next, Adam to Saul is about 2,000 years. No designation of a so-called religion. Did I say that right? I meant Adam to Abraham. <laughs> hey, Adam to Abraham. That's my dyslexia kicking in. Adam and Abraham, 2,000 years. Abraham was born around 1996 B.C., so that's, that's about four years from 2000 B.C. So Adam and Abraham, 2,000 years. One moment. Okay, Abraham to Saul, 1,000 years. David to Jesus, about 1,000 years. Abraham to Saul, we were known as Hebrews. David to Jesus, 
we were known as Jews. Now, this is people calling us this now. This is people on the outside calling us this. They're calling us Hebrews. They're calling us Jews. The reason why they started calling us Jews is because Saul and David, Saul was of the tribe of Benjamin, first king of Israel. He and David were at odds. So in the end, David, tribe of Judah, won out. Then Judah, the tribe of Judah, was replaced the tribe of Benjamin as the king. One moment. Sister Shanice, can you see the screen? I can see the screen. I don't see anything on it but the uh, talk shoe. Oh, my God. No. I forgot to open it before I left. Oh, boy. So everybody might as well sign out until I get back. So it's no use now. My bad. <laughs> Okay, so when we're on the scene being known as Jews, what happens is, hold on, there's noise out here. When we're on the scene, we're under Roman captivity in our own homeland. One moment. So Hold on So, so when we're on the scene, we're known as Jews at that time because of, again, Judah took over at a particular time. And from there, um, we went into Roman captivity and... We're on the scene at that time 
known as that. One moment. DK, uh, can you explain that back, that timeline I just was talking about? Yes, sir. Um, so basically, from Adam to Abraham was approximately 2,000 years, and then obviously there was no set religion that was being publicized or proclaimed at the time. Um, from Abraham to Saul was uh, 1,000 years, about 1,000 years, and Saul being from the tribe of Benjamin was where he was among the first, it was the first king tribe, but then him and uh, David, you know, didn't see eye to eye, so the king tribe was translated to the tribe of Judah. And then from David to the one we know of as Jesus is about a thousand years. And so up to that point, um, when Jesus was on the scene, that's when we was in Rome, well, we was in Roman captivity in our own in our own land, and uh, the tribe of Judah, the land of Judah, uh, got converted to Judea um, as a conversion of status, obviously because we was under their captivity in their jurisdiction. So, and then that's sort of what led up to where we are right now. Where after that, um, the Roman quote unquote Roman versus Jew war happened, and then. That's when we had fled into parts of West Africa, parts of Europe, and all the way to the Atlantic slave trade up to where we are now. Thank you, brother. Very well put. So... What happened after we went to war with these people? There were two tribes left, two and a half tribes left in the land that's called Israel, which had an upper kingdom and a lower kingdom. So this is important to remember. The upper kingdom was Israel. The lower kingdom was Judah. It was during the time of, well, it has it had passed hands several times for several hundred years. We were without a king, so we were really without a king from. I want to say the the 500 BC. So if you could imagine, like five to six hundred years, the last king would have been Zedekiah. And he was the king of Judah. Nebuchadnezzar was Nebuchadnezzar was the Babylonian king, and he was ruling our home at that time, 500 years before Jesus is on the scene. Now, around 300 BC, what's going on in Egypt? Slander the, the Greek. He had came in, took over Egypt. Well, it was called Kenan at the time. He came in and took over Kemet and renamed it Egypt. And then when his um, officials 
took over, all right? So, the first ever Christian on the earth, this happened in Egypt in the year 300 B.C. under Ptolemy I, or or Soter Ptolemy, Ptolemy Soter. Now, I'm going to say this here with us, but I ain't going to say this in the public quite yet. So you just got to know how to gauge what and what not to say to Negroes in the public. Ptolemy was called Ptolemy the Savior. Ptolemy was considered to be the, the Messiah. Okay? He was supposed to be a Messiah, a God. So Christianity came from Egypt, actually came from Egypt. This is, so when you see people saying, oh, well, it's stolen from Egypt, no, it wasn't stolen. Oh, this is why Mother Mary looks like Isis, Horus, and Heru. Isis, Horus, and Heru are their Greek names. I'm sorry, Isis, Horus, and Osiris. Asar, Set, and Heru are their Egyptian names or the Kemetic names. It's the same deities, which which is Egyptian, Greco, Roman mythology. It is fictitious that did not exist, made up into gods. And people Egypt. And Roman and Greece took straight, fictitious, non-existent gods. Um, Brother DeShane, am I making sense? Are you able to follow me? Yeah, brother, I'm, I'm, I'm make, you're making sense. Um, I would like to know just a little more about the Ptolemy, like the how did this... How was the religion Christianity today um, formed from Egypt? Who is Ptolemy? Like, how did that start? It? Just a little, just a little bit more on that. Ptolemy, what he did was he took a combination of um, Egyptian and Greco-Roman gods. And he made himself into a god of Egypt. Okay, so in him making himself into a god, he made an image of God called Serapis Christus. S-E-R, I talked about this before, but S-E-R-A-P-I-S, Christus, like Christ, us. These were the first Christians on the earth. They were worshipers of Serapis Christus, and if you look at Serapis Christus, if you is on our website, Temple of the Most High, Temple of the Most High dot org. It's on our website, but if you look at Serapis Christus, it is the same exact image of Jesus. It's just that it was altered over the years. So uh, let me make this clear: it is not Jesus is not. New, 
before the one that they're calling Jesus was born, there was an image that looks exactly like this Caucasian that's up there now that they're calling Jesus. There was an image that they were worshiping that people called Christians were worshiping in Egypt under the rule of Ptolemy. He he enforced it. So, brother, why do... Why do people say Christian means follower of Christ? Who were like the original Christians? What does that mean when they say these are the original, like the followers of Christ? What is that all about? Well, I'm going to have to go into a a lengthy explanation to that, but just hold tight, I'll get to it. So what I want to to show you is 300 years before Yeshua is born, Christianity is already a religion. 300 years. Okay. The church tells you that Christianity, the religion, was born when Jesus was crucified and resurrected. And after he left, his disciples and apostles were called Christians. See, they're, they're deceiving the people because they know they know. I'm going to explain. They know. It's beyond a shadow of a doubt they know. All right, so listen. 300 years before Jesus is on the scene, the other thing you got to understand is the word Christ was synonymous is, with king, and it had nothing to do with Hebrews. It, this was all over the earth. It was known all over the earth that Christ represented king. Why? The word Christ actually means anointed. Now, if you've never heard me talk about this before, anybody, don't be alarmed. The anointing is actually an inauguration into office. So there were many Christs. David was a Christ. Now, you can't tell this to the public because they'll say crucify you. Right, but I'm just telling you, get your Bible dictionary if you think I'm lying, and look it up and see what the word actually means. And and not only that, the dictionaries tell you the culture and the history. I'm just summing it up because I've been studying this all my life, and I can just talk about it. I could, I just can talk about it because it's in me now. I've been studying this so long as it's a part of me. So look. So look. The word Christ is synonymous with king. It's not exclusive to Yeshua. It's not exclusive to Jesus Christ. Never has been. That's why you have these messiahs that are supposed to be Buddha, Krishna, and all these different entities all over the earth. Because what people don't realize is the everybody came from one culture originally. So every everybody had the same practices and belief system. That's why when after the flood and people went in different directions of the three sons of Noah, okay, well, they took that culture with them. And that's why you have people in different parts of the earth over thousands of years that keep talking about a messiah that is a Christ-like Messiah, because they're not talking about, you no know, Jesus. They're talking about 
being a king of a nation. Did that make sense to say? Yeah, that does make sense. Um, uh, We're not waiting on some man to come back. Basically, that's what they're referring to. Uh, they're just waiting on us to to bring rulership and to be kings again. Um, and they just got the name. They got it's the really the language is just misunderstood. And once we once people get that understood and we learn how to read, how read we read what the words really mean and, and the depth define it well and what the purpose of it, then we can put everything together. That's what I see. Um, I hear, brother. Thank you, brother. Very well put. Brother Eric, what do you see? Shalom. Uh, I see the same thing that the brother just said. And in, in, uh, the add-on, how you say the um, word or the Christian been around 300 years before Christ. Uh, Lot was called a Christian. Why he was, uh, I forgot what verse it was, but they called Lot a Christian. And he was like, uh, no, nah, I ain't no Christian. Uh, I forgot what the little, what part of, uh, the, I think it was in Genesis when uh, they referred to Lot as a Christian. And I uh, I was looking at Cretan and Cretan and, and, and they was, uh, referring to them as the Creek Christians and all that was like when I when I was seeing the uh the word from Creek, uh it was pertaining to Christians. Uh with that I yield. Yeah, because there were there were Israelites on the Isle of Crete. This is where it really comes from. There, there were Israelites the, the the tribe of Dan are the ones that, that the tribe of Dan are the the Israelite tribe of Dan who later got dissipated for idol god worship. This is what it means. Danites went to Greece, the Isle of Crete. They started idol god worshiping. So that's when they became known as Cretans, which means a bunch of fools. And the word fool, basically, we're not supposed to be calling people fools according to certain um, certain Hebrew history. So when they became known as Cretans, yes, that's why he was called that because it meant fools, idol god worshippers. So <laughs> that's a whole other history, but yes, that's correct. So anyway, let me just get back where am I at here um let me think let me think what was I just talking about does anybody know what I was just talking about the evolution of the word Christ you said okay yeah so oh, well, as you said, everyone came from the same culture originally, and how they was practicing this one 
when they separated and moved out and did what they did, they still kept those same original practices. I think that's where you left off, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. So, so Egyptians, people that lived in Kemet, Africans, the original ones, would have been a black people. So they had some of the same practices of the original culture of their father, Noah. All right, I'm about to open up. Let me restart the screen. One second. I'm going to have to start this over so you all can see this. Okay, if you, you can log back in now. Um, you can log back in now to uh, see the screen. All right. So, where was that? The, the term Christian. So look, Ptolemy the first was Ptolemy the Savior. 300 years before Jesus is on the scene, 300 years before his birth, before he's even born, well, the Yeshua, 300 years before he's born, there's already Christianity on the, on the earth. People that are calling themselves Christians. The, what they were practicing as Christians, what they practice as Christians today is what came originally out of Egypt, passed down to Greeks. The Greeks, Ptolemy I, took all that stuff from Egypt, added Greco-Grecian uh, uh, gods, made himself into Serapis Christus, and he was he was the original savior that this religion of Christianity is talking about. I'm going to show you how this progressed. Romans are offsprings of Egyptians and Greeks. Now, Romans are really a mixed multitude of people, but I'm saying they're real. They're the beginning of their their culture and their bloodline. That is Egyptian and Greek culture combined, because the Greeks and Egyptians had a long, long relationship. They were always intermingling, uh, marrying one another. But obviously, when when the Greeks are ruling, whatever culture dominated Greece now became the culture of Egypt. During the time Christianity is... 300 years B.C., for those who can see this screen. Okay. All right. During the time that Ptolemy has erected Serapis Christus, We, the children of Israel, 
haven't had a king for 200-something years. The last king was Zedekiah. So we had no king. So naturally, we're clamoring for a king. The real reason why we're clamoring for a king is because a king is really a servant of the people. That's another misunderstanding that these people have today. The king is a leader, yes, but a servant of the people, representing all of the characteristics of truth and righteousness. They're supposed to embody that, and, and, and they're supposed to be a reminder to the people of all the principles that a nation stands for. A king is keyed. A queen is cued. So, <clears throat> now you got these Christians that are around before Jesus, Yeshua, excuse me, is on the scene. So, once he touched, he's given birth, the Romans know, which kind of really didn't matter, but they know <coughs> that eventually they moved into Israel, they took over, okay? They're ruling Israel. They know that eventually these people they're calling Jews are going to have a king. He's going to rise up. So to keep this kind of short, I don't want to be too terribly long about it. Their Christianity, Roman Christianity, was on the scene before this Yeshua was born. They got it from the Greeks. They were worshiping Serapis Christus in Rome. They brought that image to Israel and set that up as the religion of Israel, which is Egyptian, Greco-Roman Christianity. The children of Israel at that time, went from being known as, well, they were known as Jews. They were still known as Jews during the life of Yeshua. But the national religion of Rome was Egyptian, Greco-Roman, Christianity, i.e. mythology. Brother DeShane, is it making sense? Does that make sense? Oh, brother, I, I, not really. Could you explain it again? Okay. Christianity is already on the scene before Yeshua was born. 
the children of Israel that are in Israel are under Roman rule when he's born. The national religion that Rome followed was Egyptian Greco-Roman mythology. Rome enforced Egyptian Greco-Roman mythology on the land of Israel as their national religion. The the people that are now called Jews who are the children of Israel, they're called Jews at that time between 0 A.D. and 33 A.D. They're called Jews. They were ruling this land over a thousand years before, not quite a thousand years, but over a thousand years, like 1000 BC, these Jews were ruling this land up until the time that the Romans took over. Well, really up until 500 BC, five or 600 BC. So they were ruling this land. The Jews were. Then once other kings took over, the Jews were still on the same land. So when the Romans take over, the Jews are slaves in their own homeland. The children of Israel are slaves in their own homeland. So just it's kind of like just like what's going on over here. The United States in Rome, Roman Catholic Church, United Kingdom, they took over the United States. The national religion is Christianity. The Native Americans were here before then. Native Americans are children of Israel. So now the national religion over here is Christianity. But the people that were here don't control the government that oversees this land. Did that make sense, brother? I'm too much. I think I'm saying Yeah, I get it. It's the same. Like, like you said, it's the same thing that they're doing today. Um, it's the same system. It's really for the for us for the, us in our spirits. We, I'm just I really want to break the system. Like honestly, like just hearing it and seeing our faults and seeing what what we going through and what what how how easily we can fix it if we just work hard at it and really like it's not even hard. Like you said, brother. Like I don't know. It's the same thing. Like, they did that to us in our land. Then they came here when we were just chilling and doing our own thing. And they did it. They they forced us to worship their gods. And it's the same thing. So we just got it backwards. We got, this is, how you, brother? Okay. Great. It's the same thing. The problem is we're on the bottom half. <laughs> And the reason we're on the bottom half because we are transgressors. Anyhow, so sir, I just had a quick question. Um, I just wanted because I'm just thinking, like, could it be, right? And I, you know, I could be wrong, but I'm just thinking, could it be that 
just to add on to Brother DeShane's point about when they came over to try to enforce their idol god worship upon us, could that have been a test in of itself for us as our ancestors as Israelites to keep those commandments that thou shalt not have any other gods before me and do whatever you can to obey these laws that is the commandments no matter what? Could that also have been a test to our ancestors as Israelites to stand their ground to ensure that we wouldn't follow their idol God worship so we wouldn't be subjected to captivity? I never thought about it that way, but yes, I have to agree with you. It could definitely be a test, but life itself is a test. So that doesn't mean the Romans had that intent. They could have had that intent. I don't. I can't really say they yay or nay to that part, but I can definitely agree with you that it could be a test. So the whole the whole, life itself is a test. So the whole thing is: Are you going to stand? on what's right or are you not. Now, the children of Israel, there's only two tribes left at that time, which are Judah and Benjamin and a few Levites. But predominantly Judah and Benjamin, during the time of 0 A.D. to 33 A.D., which is the the lifetime that um, they say that Yeshua walked the earth, okay, Uh, up until the, the crucifixion. Okay, now, you know that everybody will tell you Jesus was a Jew. They all know that. Now, what is in their mind? They think that he's the Caucasian, that he was like the Caucasian Jewish man. That's what they think. But then where did this Christianity come from? Because there's a problem here. If Christianity existed before he was born, then why are they telling people that it didn't exist until after he was crucified? Now, I'm going to try to sum it up so you can see. Once I get to this part, you'll be able to see. So what's happening is in the land of Israel, the Israelites, the children of Israel, are enslaved to the Romans. Some of us are fully aware that their Roman religion is mythology. Some of us are not aware, just like in America, some of us are not aware that Christianity comes from Rome, but this modern-day Christianity comes from Rome, and we don't know that that is mythology. We don't know that. We keep thinking it is the truth, and I'm going to show you why we think that. The Romans peep this. They understand, wait a minute, these Jews, we got a whole lot of them believing in our mythology, but then you got these other sects of who the people that were known as Jews, who had previously been known as Hebrews. Same bloodline from Adam all the way down to Jesus, Yeshua. They know that eventually a king is going to come up. They they know this. Are they concerned? Well, you know, who to say? But one thing's for certain: they know that it's inevitable. 
Okay. So after he is go after Yeshua is gone, they're telling you that Christianity was born then. And what they're really trying to tell you is their new version of Christianity was born then. It's the same Christianity of the Greeks and the Egyptians. Just a slightly different twist. So what they did is they classified themselves as Roman Christians. They classified themselves as Christian Gentiles. They classified the Jews, the the biological children of Israel, they classified them as Christian Jews and Hebrew Christians. So what happened during that time is all the people that were once known as Hebrews, then again known as Jews, now they're known as Christians after Yeshua leaves the scene. Now, the people don't know that this is a classification. Now, I'm going to show you what I mean is a classification. I'm going to use today. In today's world, This ain't got nothing to do with whether you believe this or not. There's only one Christianity that is controlled by the Roman Catholic Church. All Christianity's doctrine is controlled by the Roman Catholic Church. You are either classified as a Roman Catholic Christian or you're classified legally. This is not my opinion. This is legally. You, if you're a Christian, you're classified as a Protestant Christian. So if you're a Baptist, Methodist, AME, African Methodist, Episcopal, if you're apostolic, In reality, Baptist, Methodist, Episcopalian, Apostolic, in reality, these are all different things, but they're all classified as Christians, legally Protestant Christians, because if you do not serve the Roman uh, religion as a Catholic, they still control the religion and they classify you as a Protestant. Protesters of Roman religion. Protesters of Egyptian Greco-Roman mythology. Today. Not yesterday. I'm talking today. So where there's Baptist, Methodist, Episcopalian, now just go back to that time and understand Hebrew Christians were actually Hebrews who got classified as Christians. Christian Jews are the same as the Hebrew Christians. They got classified as Christians. They were once known as Hebrews. They were once known as Jews after that. Now they're known as Christians. And the people don't realize that there's a separate Christianity than the one 
that Rome was preaching and is preaching a separate total doctrine, a separate origin. Trevon, does that make sense? Brother Gavin, does that make sense? Shalom. It does. It does make can a lot of sense. You, can you explain it? Your own words? From the so you're saying the changing of I was writing it down as uh I was uh listening, so you're saying the, the change at the time between uh Jesus or the sorry Yahshua, which is the the Christ of that time during his time and after his time, um, the followers or the people of that time of that were uh, known as Hebrews became classified as Hebrew Hebrew Christians. Yes. But prior to that, um, they were considered to be, uh, during the time of um, Serapis Christus, uh, under the Roman Greco um, uh, rulership under Ptolemy I, uh, were considered to be the Roman Christians. Greek Christians. I'm sorry, Greek Christians. Greco Christians. So, all the way until now, from that time, we've been considered to be uh, from the time of um, Yeshua, the Christ. Well, I want to say up to 14, between the 12, the 1300s to the 1400s were morally identified as the Protestants um, during the, after the Reformation period, I would say, the pro- protestive Christians under the Protestant sects that we call, you know, Baptists, Episcopalian, Lutheran at first. Um, what was the other one? Lutheran and um, yeah, but there's another big church, but but most of those identified names that we can see today under the Protestant Church, Seventh-day Adventists, et cetera, et cetera. And with that, I yield. Yes, sir, but you got to remember, when Christianity was born, we were still identified as Jews. When the first Christianity was born in, in, Greece, in Egypt, we were still identified from the world as Jews. That's the difference. So they buried the history on Serapis Christus in Egypt. They bury that. They because if you figure that out, then you got the whole game busted wide open. <laughs> Once you figure that out, it's a it's a wrap. But what happens with most people when they figure it out, they just reject the whole Bible altogether because they feel like they've been so deceived, deceived and then they hate it. 
But still, they don't know who the hell they are. They don't understand what was happening or why it happened. Okay, so they they're they're still misled. They're still out lost. All right, now, so after thirty three A.D., the Jews are now known as Christians, but they're designated like it's no different than if you are. Baptist. Most of our people are. We got a lot of Baptists in America. The Baptist Negroes. Matter of fact, most churches that are Baptists are all Negroes. There are some that are not, but a lot of them are mostly Negroes. So if you say you are Baptist, you're still classified as a Christian, but really you are a Baptist. Under the classification of Christianity. Now, same with the Hebrews, same with the Jews, the children of Israel. Now, what happens is, yeah, war breaks out from 65, 66 to 70 AD. War breaks out in Israel. We're going to war with the Romans, yes. Over a million of us flee into Africa after the war. Some of us captured during the war, sent to Europe as slaves. Okay. You get to 1096 AD. Now the Crusades are popping off. And the Ashkenazis, who are known in history as Khazars, these these Jews who are who who are Hebrew Christian or Christian Jews, some of them fled to different places after that war. And we had, you know, strongholds, little, you know, areas that we were we were controlling. The Khazars caught up in the middle of the Muslims and the Christians, the Romans fighting one another, run to us. They run to these Hebrew Christians or Christian Jews who are who are actually identified around that time as Moorish Jews. Well, they weren't yet identified. Let me make that clear. They were about to be identified. Once the Khazars, who are Ashkenazis, who are all pale-skinned, once they came to us and converted to follow what we taught them, now they became the face of Jews. With these original melanated children of Israel no longer being the face of what it means to be Jews. They're following a religion. Khazars are following a religion. We were biologically Jews, not because we're the tribe of Judah 
but well, the Negro is the tribe of Judah, but because we all, all 12 tribes, all children of Israel became known as Jews, that means, that means all 12 tribes, the children of Israel, would have been biologically Jews. Sister Shanice, did that make sense? Yes, it did. Um, from my understanding, once the Cathars they converted to um, to become Jews, they started treating it like a religion versus what we what we actually were. Yes. Yes. And, and, and what we were, what we what we were actually doing is we were running government. This became our culture. It's part of our culture. It's part of our culture, and it's kind of hard to see the difference because what you do culturally could be considered a religion. But basically, the Khazars followed. They had parts of the culture, but they had gotten away from it because they descended from one of Noah's sons, but they had gotten away from it. So they came to us to get out of the way. They came to us for, for asylum. They came to us for political religious asylum to keep them out of getting in the war between these Romans and these Muslims. All right. So now the Khazars are the face of everything that they call Jewish from the time that they first played all the way back to Abraham. And they're treating the whole world looks at this as a religion. They're thinking that, Adam, Abraham, Saul, Abraham, David, David, Jesus. They're thinking all of that was a religion. And then because they claim it as a religion, the Khazars do, and they're the face of what it means to be Jewish, now the whole world retroactively thinks that all of these people were the same people as the Khazars. They think that the Khazars were the biological children of Israel. The Khazars don't think that of themselves. The Khazars know that they're Ashkenazis, and they tell you that. The Khazars know they're not the children of Israel. They follow the culture religiously of the children of Israel. They follow how they govern themselves, how they ate, now, they added their own culture into it, so it's slightly different for them. But that's how they came to be. Brother Martavius, did that make sense to you? Yes, sir. Okay. One more point I want to make. As I opened, we talked about, well, I was talking about the fear of the Lord. During Adam, from Adam to Abraham, these were the aboriginals, the patriarchs. For 2,000 years, nobody was calling us anything except for, let me just keep it real, the gods of the earth. That's what we were referred to, the gods of the earth, the fathers of the earth the lords of the earth. 
We were the sons of God, the sons and daughters of God Almighty. That's what we were referred to. When you get to Abraham, people outside of us were calling us Hebrews, identifying us as those who crossed, well, when Abraham crossed over, he brought all his, his culture with him. Same culture as, as Adam and Noah, Shem, and all of them. So, let's go back to Adam. Excuse me, Brother Priest. It's Brother yeah. Shane. Um, if people outside of us were calling us Hebrews, is that a term we should go by? Is that a term that we accepted? Like, what if, you know what I mean? Like, if somebody else gave us that name, or should we be, uh, should we go by that? Are we Are we Hebrew then? Well... I'm, I'm, oh, boys. I don't dodge questions, so, whew. We're supposed to be gods. I hate to say it, but I'm just telling you. We use Hebrews, we use Hebrews as an identifier because the planet does not understand this. Mm. And when I say gods, I don't mean beings of worship. I don't mean deities. I mean possessive plural. Do you follow me? Yes, I do. Meaning we belong to the Most High Almighty. God's. We're God's possession. We're the Most High's possession. Right. So everybody knew that. They all knew these are the original fathers of the earth. They had their original thing that the Most High gave to Adam. And I'm going to show that very briefly. I'm going to explain it. Actually. Brother E.K., you got a scripture near you? Yes, sir, brother. <clears throat> Can you give for me Proverbs 1 and 7? Proverbs 1 and 7. Proverbs yeah, so, seven. so I'm going to explain how this works from the very beginning. So hopefully you can see this from the very beginning. You got it, brother? Yes, sir. Okay, go ahead. Proverbs verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fools despise wisdom and, dis- and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Uh, can you give for me... Uh, I think it's Proverbs 9 and 10. Proverbs 9 and 10. Proverbs 9 and 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Now, what does that mean? What I'm saying to you is, you might not get it all together here. I don't even know if I can explain it all here right now. Let's go all the way back to Adam. The only thing Adam knew was you better obey the Lord, and if you disobey, you will die. I'm not talking about actually eating a fruit off of a tree. 
That's symbolic. The key to life, the tree of life, is summed up. Do what I say. Do not disobey. Okay, so from the time of Adam, we were the gods of the earth. The possessions of the Most High. The sons and daughters of God. During Abraham, we got called Hebrews. Fine. I'd rather we be identified as that than gods and goddesses and sons of God, because Negroes can't handle that. Because they misinterpreted. Oh, I should be worshipped. No, that's not what it means, buddy. That's not what it means. You are all gods. Children of the Most High. That's in Psalms. Ye are all gods, but it's, listen to it. Ye are all gods. Matter of fact, where is that at? Does anybody know where that's at? I don't remember the exact scripture. Let's see if I can find it. I'm going to type it in and see if I can find it. One moment. Ye are all gods. Come on, brother priest. Uh, this is Brother Isaiah. It's in Psalm 82 and 6. How long have you been on the line, brother? I just got on here. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Psalms 82 and 6. Uh, Psalms 82 and 6. Uh, good grief, man. What the hell is this? That's why I don't use this damn thing. Hold on. I, I want to say this. You asked that question, and I guess it was meant to be asked, but, you know, I wouldn't go out in the public and say that. Psalms 82 and 6. I have said, ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Look, <laughs> niggas have taken this, and they made it made a, a damn religion out of it. <laughs> have they not? Yes, they have. They have claimed to be gods. Now, now, read this for yourself. Look at these words. Does this mean you are a deity, or does this mean you are a possession? Do you possession. see this, brother, DeShane? DeShane, do you see it? Yeah, brother, I'm seeing it, yep. Yep, I am seeing it. Cause, right. and, I, and I see how if we did call ourselves, like, I see how brother take that here, because it, I, I see brother, and it, and it answered my question exactly to the point, especially the scripture, so, and how you put it together, I see exactly what it is, so, I see. Uh, oh, yeah, Sister Crystal, are you there? Do you see this, sister? Come on, yes, my brother, I do see it. What are your thoughts about that? Um, basically, it's just like you said. You know, we are a remnant of what the the Most High represents. And, you know, you have to do like replacement of words. You know, ye are gods, ye are children. And that doesn't mean we literally um, have the power of the Most High, but 
we have the power to do his will. And with that, I yield. Praise the Lord. Yes, ma'am. When the sons of God went into the daughters of man and their babies were giants. This is the scriptures talking. We were known as the gods of the earth. I I didn't want to go there, but the spirit must have said, hey, it's time to take it there. Now, I'm not going to say this in public. (laughs) At least I don't intend to. I can't say it for sure. Right, if you do. You you damn right you have a riot, and 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 even even if you didn't have a riot, the reason why I would not want to say this publicly is because we have a tendency to fall to idol god worship too quickly, and we want to turn ourselves into beings of worship. So if you understand this, if the original inhabitants, hold on, let me get something out here. Uh, I'm going to have to type some stuff in here. Hey, uh, Priest. Sir? It's, it's wrong, man. I got a How long you been there? Wait a minute. How long you been there? Um, I've been for since like 8.15, but I couldn't. I was driving the whole time. I had just got off. But I wanted to see if uh, would I be able to like listen to this recording, um, over so I can get some notes. I will leave it up for one day, so you're gonna have 24 hours to get it, and I'll tell you how to do it. But you're gonna have 24 hours. Okay. So hold on one moment. All right, everybody, remember Adam. Adam had two sons. Cain and Abel, right? Actually, he actually had three sons. He had Cain, Abel, who were were first two born. Then when Abel died, then he had Seth. So Seth replaced Abel. All right. So the bloodline of Adam actually went through Seth. Can some of y'all see me typing this on the screen? Yes, sir. Okay. The bloodline went through Seth, okay? Seth, uh, boy, from Seth, let's just skip on down to Noah. From Noah to Shem, Seth had three, I mean, Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, Japheth, or Yepheth. We usually should use the Y instead of the J sound. So Noah had these three sons, right? So after the flood, these three sons populated the earth, okay? Now, from Adam to Noah, they're all, just remember this. Adam to Noah, they're under this covenant. Let me just say it this way. Obey the Lord. Or, in other words, fear of the Lord. That's the covenant. That's the original covenant, okay? 
obey me. But we're we're known as God. We're known as the sons and daughters of the Most High, not a religious term. We are the lords of the earth, meaning we are the controllers of the earth, from Adam to Noah. So Noah taught this to his three sons, Shem, Ham, Japheth. But Shem got the birthright, so Shem got a real deep understanding of it. So naturally, if we're known as gods, And then people end up in Egypt from Ham, and their whole religion is about pharaohs who are king and gods and goddesses. Where do you think Ham got it from? He got it from Noah. Um, Shanice, does that make sense? Yes, it did. I'm still writing down notes, but it made sense. Okay, great, great, great. Now, from Shem, who got the birthright, which is all of the knowledge that his father transferred over over to him, he's a patriarch. They're known as gods. They're the gods that everybody on the earth was talking about. Hey, these people came out of the clouds with these spaceships. They had these great powers. We were the gods and the angels of the earth. That's what we were known as. All right? When we get to Abraham, who comes out of Shem? Now we're known as Hebrews by people outside of us, which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. Rather be known as a Hebrew than a god for these Negroes to make mischief of it. All right, so uh, where was I leading this to? Oh, okay, yeah, the, the, the beginning, excuse me, the fear of the Lord, what is it, Proverbs 1 and 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. This is what was given to Adam. This is the ancient secret that the world does not understand. This is why certain people on this earth are given this knowledge. It is for you to protect it, not exploit it, not thinking that that means you some damn teacher. Don't think that. Because there's a whole lot of other things you got to be before you even qualify to sit in that seat. Just because you learn something don't mean that you should be trying to go teach it. Which is what happened. Look, but as I'm saying that, you are gods. So somebody learned this, and what did they do with it? Worship me. I'm God. I'm a God. 
bow down and worship me. And why why do you think we can't get along? Because everybody wants to be worshipped by the other guy that they meet up with. That's why this is not for the weak and weary. This is not for the screwed up mind. We're the gods. We became known as Hebrews. The same bloodline became known as Jews. The same bloodline became known as Christian. And these are the children of Israel. The Khazars during the Crusades became the face of what it meant to be Jews. And so this is retroactively, all of this is applying to them. They're not claiming to be the children of Israel. They're claiming a religion. They're claiming that they're following our instructions and guidance. That's what they're claiming, that we got from the Almighty. So when they think of themselves as Jewish, they're talking about religion and following the culture. They are not claiming to be us. Do not believe that lie that's out there. They're not claiming to be us. They're not. The world just doesn't understand all of this that took place. The whole earth is confused about this. Really, I'm saying the root started back with Adam, Cain, and Abel. It's Cain that's out here that's confusing this whole world on purpose. Now, I just got to cover this last thing. I hope I can get this out. The fear of the Lord is the one real, true law statute and commandment it's the one true one all of them are summed up into fear the lord so we understood this now let me show you how the culture is today um culturally today is it okay that r kelly a 40 year old man has sex with a 14 year old girl um, Montavious, is that okay? In this culture, in this society, is that okay? Um, yeah, in, in this society, it is. <laughs> okay. Amongst Negroes, is that okay? <laughs> oh, um, no. Okay. Amongst, amongst us, we don't run government or anything like that. We're the slaves. We're the lowercase citizen. Amongst us, morally, we know that that's not right. America has it written down in their laws that that's not right. But that's not us. We're not America. We're the subjects, okay? So how we conduct ourselves, if any Negro comes up sleeping with a 14-year-old girl, what do you think we're going to do? I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to be looking to kill the Negro. I'm going to be looking to put him to death. I don't even like talking like that. That's a very sensitive area for me, dealing with sisters. I know their importance, and I know that they require us to protect them. And if, um, if somebody violates that, unfortunately, I get ready to be violent. Now, I wouldn't just be violent outside of a trial, but I would sure as hell want to. I would be looking to kill the Negro instantly. However, it's part of our culture that we know 
This is an unwritten law. It ain't got nothing to do with written law. This is the oral law. Our moral code is the oral law. So before there was a written law during the time of Moses, there was an oral law during the time of Adam all the way to Abraham, all the way to Isaac. One moment. So that we can see this. Um, oral law. Oral law all the way from Abraham to Isaac. Jacob to Levi, well, to the 12 tribes, then to Levi, out of the 12 tribes, then to Moses. Moses was of the tribe of Levi. So we had oral law. And the oral law was, you better obey the Most High. If you don't, you're going to get killed. You're going to be put to death. So you better fear the Lord. The covenant is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, is the tree of life itself. Disobey. And now you have eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and ye shall surely die. Now, you got to really understand how I'm going to explain this here. Oral law all the way to Moses. Okay? Once the written law comes, The written law is nothing but the oral law written down. Okay? Now, what's in the written law as punishment for disobeying God? E.K., what's the punishment? What's one of the punishments for being utterly disobedient to to the laws? What's one of the punishments? The major punishment. Yes. Death, you shall surely die. E.K., do you see what I'm saying here? The oral law was translated, was passed down all the way to Moses and then written into written law because it was no longer in the hearts and minds of the people. It was no longer a part of our morals. So, for instance, okay, it's okay. It's cool that R. Kelly sleep with a 14-year-old girl. It's cool that Elvis marries a 14-year-old Priscilla Presley. He's 24 years old in America. He marries a 14-year-old girl. Okay, it's cool. We ain't going to say nothing. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead and rape R. Kelly. Go ahead and sell drugs, you Negroes on the corner. It used to be a time that we would have killed you for selling drugs in our community. Now it's, you know, or don't say nothing. They might kill you. Leave him alone. Don't snitch. What I'm saying is the written law is nothing but the oral law written down. 
and expounded upon and codified because our behavior had gotten so loose and crazy that other things had to be pointed out and we had to have a reminder. The shame do you understand what I'm trying to say? I do, brother. It makes perfect sense. Um, it's, it's answer. I know it's answered a lot of my, uh, well, not at my questions necessarily, but other people's questions in regards to what was before the written, you know what I mean? Well, people, a lot of people ask, well, what was before the scriptures and all of this? And it, I, I couldn't explain it this way, but it's really common sense. Like we had, you know what I mean? We, we still had common sense. We talked to each other. We knew. We knew when somebody was hurt, we, you know what I mean? We had that sensibility, you know? So um, it makes sense into why we have written law today and why we follow because we, we we fall. And we got sometimes we have to look back into what what we did before to get back on track. Uh, yeah, And that's all I got to say, brother. How you? Okay. So the written law is our reminder because – our morals were just out of order again. We don't have a flood, killed a whole lot of people, and we still didn't get it. Then we came back and we, our, our hearts just went astray. Our behaviors, not just us, everybody that was on the earth at the time, but we're supposed to be the, the gods of the earth. We're supposed to be the rulers of the earth. We're supposed to be standing on this and be the actual moral Compass for the whole planet. That's really why we get punished so bad because the whole planet is waiting on us to rise again. They, they, they all know, particularly overseas, man, they know this. I'm telling you, they know this. And while you live and as you study, you're going to see that they know this. And they're really like, will you please, will you Negroes please wake up and come save us? We're the Jesus that they're looking for. We're the Jesus that they're looking for. They thought Barack Obama was going to be him. Because he looked like one of us. But they're like, no, that's not it. Where are you at? Come on back. All right, so now. So now what was once oral now became written. Now what did... Abraham do, excuse me, before Moses, Abraham started the nation. So the oral law was with Abraham, and it was our morality, how we lived every day. We get away from it. What happens to us? We get away from our morals. What happens to us? We got put into slavery in Egypt. Look at this pattern here. Obey the law and you'll live. Disobey the law and you'll die. Spiritually and physically. So now we're getting away from it. So in order to have mercy on us, the Lord says, okay, I'm just trying to sum this up. I can show you all of this in the exact scripture for scripture, but I don't have a lot of time left. The Lord is basically saying, look, 
I'm going to give you a timeout. I'm going to give you a punishment. I'm going to give you a redemption. I'm a, your redemption and your punishment is going to be slavery. So from now on, beginning with Abraham, anytime anybody breaks these laws, when the whole nation goes astray, the whole nation is going to go into slavery. And that's what happened to us. We went into slavery under in Egypt, or at that time it would have been called Kemet. So what is the solution for us going into slavery? The solution is to, for us to, to get out of slavery. We have to return to the laws, which is, first of all, is moral. But we also have to know what our forefathers knew as patriarchs. We have to know how to erect government to come out of the slave bond servitude of one government and then take our laws and go uh, and start our own government. What was Moses doing? He went to them and said, look, it's time for us to go govern ourselves. Let my people go. So just it's like today, we said, give us all the prisoners, release them, pardon them, let them go with us. Give us a separate state, a, a whole part of land that's just us. Let us deal with them. Now, what are we going to do with you criminals? You act up, we're going to put you to death. You're not going to, you had your, your, your redemption period. You were in prison under the beast. You were enslaved under the beast. You come with us now, nothing else to talk about. You break one of these laws, you will surely die. Shanice, does that make sense? Do you, you understand what I'm trying to say? Yes, I do. Um, when I think of what you're saying, I'm thinking of, like with my children. Um, first, I give them the rules and instructions. Sometimes I print out a list or you know things that I want done or things they should follow. And if they don't, then they go and I punish them. And until they get it together and do what I want them to do, then I take them off of punishment. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you do it again. I ain't going to punish you this time. I'm going to spank that behind. <laughs> You're going to feel some physical pain and let that pain be a memory that you fear that the Lord will put on you again. So every time you think about touching that stove, man, when I touched that stove and it burned me, it was painful. I don't want that pain again. So every time you think about, damn, we broke the laws, we went into slavery, we got eaten by sharks, we got thrown in the water, we got burned at the stake. No, I don't want to see that again. We need to stick to these laws. That is what is supposed to be happening. But because the people view it as religion, they don't view it as the laws of life itself, the laws of nature. They, they got these philosophies. So they think they're above having decent morals. They think they can be as immoral as possible, and it's okay. They really believe this nonsense. They really believe it. Filth, disgusting mentalities. And when you fall into that, 
that's the treatment that you get. You get punished by nature. You get punished by societies. You get punished by outsiders that are going to treat you with scorn. They're supposed to treat Negroes like this. They're supposed to be shooting these Negroes down. When you are in disfavor in the Lord's eyes, what do you think is going to happen? These people believe in goddamn fairy tales. They think they can really do all this filth. Oh, the white man can't touch me as I'm fornicating. I'm, I'm committing adultery. I'm selling drugs. I'm pimping. I'm prostituting. Oh, it don't matter. He ain't got nothing up over me. I'm a more. I'm an indigenous. I'm a god. You can't do this to me. Well, the real Most High on showed you otherwise. <laughs> Sit your behind down and follow law. All right, now, the law became written. Now, what did what had to happen? Let me show you what had to happen. Abraham establishes us as a nation. But we don't have a land. So he passes down the oral law, and it gets to Moses. And then the Lord says, okay, we got to have written law. So these guys, their hearts are too hard and all that. The written law was for the purpose of going to our own land and setting up our own country and our own nation. So the remedy for slavery was getting our morals back, securing our own land, establishing a nation. And so the written law of Moses was actually the first constitution for our people. It, a constitution is a covenant. So the covenant of Moses is the constitution of the oral law codified and translated into written law as a reminder. So now when you get to, hold on, you get to, uh, we're going to go Judah. Well, let me just do this. You go to Benjamin. No, I'm going to just do 12 tribes. All 12 tribes in Israel. Now we need a king. First king is Saul. We got a land now. Moses died off. He turned the keys over to Joshua. Joshua led us into the promised land. Now we get there. Now he's gone. Now we get to all the tribes being there, to all the tribes are in Israel. Now we're going to take the, the written law, we're going to establish a nation, and we're going to use this as our constitution. Now we're free from slavery. Now we're held accountable. You got warned. You got your, you got your little punishment to slavery. Your solution to your punishment is to start your own nation and live under your own law. Now, that we all got this clear, when you get to David, well, you have Saul first, then David replaced him, Solomon, all the way down to 
Zedekiah. Okay, so that's a thousand years that's going on here. Well, no, I'm sorry, that's about five hundred years from from David to Zedekiah is between five and six hundred years. We have a constitution as our covenant. The world is calling us Jews at this time, but we have a constitution, we have a nation, we have a land, our own country. And then what happened? We start breaking our own laws. What is the result? We get put into slavery in Assyria, in Babylon, we get put into slavery. We come out of that slavery. We rule again. We go astray again. What is the punishment? Slavery. What is the solution? Come out, live under your own law, start your own nation. So we come out, we do it again. Now we fall again. Now we're in the time of Jesus. We ain't had a king in 500 years, and what we're clamoring for is a king to deliver us from slavery, not what the people are teaching in these churches. The people then were conscious. We need somebody that knows how to start a nation. We need somebody that has the right moral code. That's one of our own that can be the king to bring us out. Now, naturally, such a man we might make into a hero. Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King. These are our heroes. Fine. None of them asked us to worship them. Because we're not supposed to. We should revere them and respect them and understand that this is nature. This is how it should be. So we're clamoring for a king. Now, we're not under our own government any longer at the time of Yeshua. We're not under our own constitution in our own land that we set up. We're not under that constitution. Now we're under Roman rule, under Roman law. In Romans mythology, Rome's mythology. We rise up again after Yeshua is gone. We take over Europe again. We go astray again. And then what happened to us? Transatlantic slave trade. What is the remedy? Nation, going back to the fear of the Lord, going back to the beginning of knowledge, because the beginning of knowledge is how to start civilization and rule a society according to understanding, obey the most high, do not disobey the most high. Brother Bradley, is it making sense to you, brother? Uh, yes, sir. Um, just 
no matter how how much laws, how many different laws or statute 613, there's basically one master law that's for the most high and everything else falls under that. And with that, that's just, you know, our way back to true freedom and, you know, bringing that to our brothers and sisters. And with that, I yield. Thank you, sir. Yes. This has been the solution since the time of Abraham. When we get to the Abraham thing, understand when Abraham is establishing us as a nation, there was the time before Abraham was Noah. Noah was a descendant. I mean, Abraham was a descendant of Noah. So we got the birthright from Noah through Shem all the way down to Abraham. But when the people, when we had went astray before, there was a, a flood, a natural disaster that was killing folks. Natural disasters are still killing folks. When you are not in harmony with nature, then you make nature get angry. You make you you provoke the anger of the Lord. You want to disobey this earth? You want to disobey it? You want to disobey the sky, the ozone layer, the water? Well, guess what? It's going to strike back at you. And it has more power than you because it's commanded by the Most High Almighty. And there are preset judgments. You start violating nature, the Most High is told nature, kill them, put them to death. Death penalty. Wipe them out. Shane, did that make sense? Uh, yeah, brother. Um, you gotta res- the most high is real. You gotta respect the law. Um, then you start to see around the world, man, all these natural disasters happening. People dying from uh, the skis and stuff. These folks be doing, doing them, uh, going down the skis and the avalanche and stuff. Like a lot of stuff. I don't know. Like nature, like like you said, nature, nature takes over, and really you can't do nothing about it. So your best thing to do is respect yourself and respect what the Most High gave you, and um, do the right thing. And, uh, Nature is intelligent. Thank you for that, brother. Very well said. Nature is intelligent. Sends a hurricane and says, okay, don't touch these ones, but wipe these other ones out that are right across the street, that are two miles away from you. Wipe them out clean. Kill them. But don't touch these ones of mine. Nature says, hey, I'm sending you a wake-up call, and I'm not going to kill you. But just understand, you better stay on your right path. Stay on that path. Don't fall off into idol God worship. Don't fall off into filth, degradation, you know, all types of illicit, wicked behavior. 
Don't fall off into, you know, disrespecting others because they're a different nation, different skin color than you. Don't fall off into that hatred. You can't reason with some of these idolaters. They they worship that picture of Jesus, which actually is taken from Serapis Christus, and Jesus is Zeus. So they modeled Jesus. They took his name and said Jehovah Zeus, which is J-E, Zeus. Jehovah means Lord. So the name Jesus is literally Lord Zeus. The scriptures said they were going to do this, by the way, and they told you don't have any pictures, any images of the heavens above, the earth below, the seas beneath. No no God pictures, no pictures that you're going to bow down and worship as a God. But then the Romans said, we got Zeus, so we're going to take Serapis, we're going to mix them with this Osiris, this, all of these different characters. We're going to make that the God of Rome. Now we all took over the earth, so now we got to subdue these Israelites. We got to keep them suppressed. So we're going to give them Jesus. We're going to make him look different than he actually was. And we're going to hide this from them. Now, let me say this to you. One very, very important last point. The whole doctrine that came out of out of Egypt under Greco, uh, Greece, Greece and Rome, I mean, uh, Ptolemy I, went over to Rome back during the time of Yeshua. The Khazars took over the face of, of what is known to be Jewish during the Crusade all a part of Rome's tampering. Then they bring that same mythology all the way back from Egypt. They bring it all the way up into modern-day times in the Roman Catholic Church. And they're praying to Mother Mary, a Caucasian in the front, but they go in the back and they play to the Black Madonna because they know that their mother is the aboriginal woman of the earth. She is the original goddess, so to, so to speak, goddess of this earth, the daughter of the Most High Almighty. They know that. In the front, they got Mary and baby Jesus, which is the same religion as Semiramis and Nimrod which is the same religion as Zeus, the same religion as Osiris, um, the same religion as Osar and Aset back in Kemet. So that trinity of Osar, Aset, and child, Osar, Aset, Heru, Osiris, Isis, Horus, these people think they're coming to some great knowledge and saying, oh, Christianity was stolen from Egypt. No, it was not stolen. This is why there's all these different saviors all over the earth. You didn't know this. We got this heavy knowledge. No, the hell you don't. You don't even know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> you're just trying to act like you do. 
It was not stolen. These are the babies of those people who started this. And who are they the babies of? They're really the babies of the spirit of the original Cain who killed his brother. Now look what happened in the beginning. Adam was given law, a command. Obey me. Do not disobey me. This is oral law. Adam disobeyed. What was the result of his disobedience? He gave birth to a child. The first one to come out the womb of Eve is Cain, a murderer who killed his own brother. So how did this happen? Serpent says, now this is symbolic. Serpent says to Adam, I mean, excuse me. Serpent says to Eve, you don't have to follow the law of God. Listen to me carefully. You don't have to believe that. See, the problem is you can do whatever you want. And your eyes will be open. They just don't want you to become enlightened. They don't want you to become conscious. They don't want you to become woke. Now, you tell them, look at this. Is this not the same thing these niggas are saying? (laughs) They don't want you to be woke. So now... Disobey God. You don't have to follow those laws. Disobey God. You can disobey God. It ain't going to harm you to disobey God. So now Adam is seduced by that himself, right? The serpent came telling them, disobey God. Now let's follow this serpent for, for 4,000 years. You end up, well, let me go 2,000 years. You end up in Egypt, and what does King Tut have on his head? Does anybody know? If you don't know, look up King Tut. A serpent. The serpent. The serpent. A cobra. A cobra. A serpent. All right, now, everybody knows, it's, and it's, what kills me is it's plain as day. This ain't me making this up. Y'all know this ain't me making this up. This is King Tut, who some say was a Shemite. I won't get into that today. Anyway, he got a serpent, right? So now their whole religion is based off of this serpent that they are gods. They are deities instead of just plain kings, instead of being the possession of the Most High. They knew that this bloodline wasn't the one that got the birthright. They're, now they've exalted themselves to deities of worship, and they're carrying the serpent as their symbol. Now, what happens in Kemet, Egypt? 
Kemet Egypt gives birth to a mythology, religion, teaches it to the Greeks. The Greeks take over. They learn how to do the same thing. They did it. All coming from the seed of Cain, that same state of mind, that rebellious state of mind that they got from their father, the serpent, the wicked state of mind, Satan, the wicked adversarial mind. And that same mind with the same symbol came from Greeks to Christians, Roman Christians, with the same message. Now, check this out. You get in modern day times, and the Roman Christians say, you don't have to follow, you forget what Yeshua was doing, we replace him with Jesus. Now you worship the mother and the son. That's the same religion of old now from back in Egypt. Not only do you worship the mother and the son, you don't have to obey God's laws because you're saved by Jesus. So the whole doctrine of this Roman Christianity is to disobey God's laws. And it's okay because you believe in Zeus and you are your sins are forgiven. E.K., do you see the trick? I see the trick. It's a Pharisee trick as well because they place this heavy burden on the people to disobey the Most High. That's a very heavy burden to disobey the Most High. So inevitably, they're already behaving like the Pharisees, and that's what Yeshua was fighting when he was walking this earth. So they carry that same spirit of Cain killing his brother, killing you from accessing the truth, which is the original law, obey the Most High, fear the Lord. That's the first knowledge which have you access to the tree of life. So they're killing the people from accessing the real tree of life, the real knowledge, which means to really obey the law, statutes and commandments, summed up into the oral law. But today they figure, well, Okay, well, since Satan is loose for a couple thousand years, we're just going to deceive the whole world. We're going to say that Yeshua is Jesus. We're going to bury that name. We're going to erect the image that we knew from ancient past. That was what we already knew what we was worshiping. We're going to put that in the forefront and have the whole world worship that image so that way nobody can tell the difference. They think that Jesus is this meek and so-called figure, but not knowing that he knew that this trick was what was going to happen to the masses of people. So, you know, it's 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 clear as day. Um, and at the same time, you know, this is why it's very important that, you know, like this work we're doing is so, like, critical. Like, it's, the more and more you explain these things, the more and more it becomes very clear like the the pathway back to the origin of how all this starts, it just becomes more more and more clear. So yeah, I can I see it, brother. Why is it that we have this? 
why is it what I'm saying here you understand? But you know damn sure if you go out here saying the same things I'm saying to anybody, they're going to say, crucify him. Now, over the years in my training, I've learned how to translate it and get it into the minds of people that don't understand it because that was what I was trained to do. I did not make myself. The elders of the Order of Melchizedek who taught me are the same people who carried this from thousands of years, thousands of years, this thinking. And they came to look for who they could drop it on and teach because they knew that the time was up for us to come out of enslavement. And a knucklehead like me did not even get, I didn't even get it while I was with them. As much as I love them to this day and I love them then, I did not know. I'm telling you the truth. I did not know or understand the magnitude of what they were teaching me for the 12 years I was under them. And then after that, I was falling asleep. The elders are gone in the year 2000, the last day of 1999. Now my elders are gone. I'm, I'm broken up inside because they're all that I knew. They're gone. The camps are splitting up. There's students going into other stuff, some bull crap, nutting off, all off into all types of stuff. A lot of them moved out of Detroit, moved to Atlanta, moved to L.A., and all types of stuff. Me not really getting it, I didn't really get what they were teaching, but they told us one day it's going to wake up in you. That the mouth of God is the medulla oblongata at the base of the brain. And the seed that we planted is going to wake up in you one day. When you're, when the slave, this is what they told us. I'm saying it to you so it might kind of sound kind of spooky, but I understand it now. It's going to wake up in you. It's like a microchip. It's a time capsule. Is going to wake up in you when our enslavement is over, when we have served the Most High. It's going to wake up in you. Do you think I, for, I did not know what the hell they were talking about. I, and I'm like, okay, cool. What's, is, you know, I had no clue that I was going to wake up and see government law and commerce for what it is. My teacher told me 19, I think it's 1996, 97, right after Tupac, well, right after Biggie died. And he told me ecclesiastical law is going to save you and the generations to come. That was the first seed he put in me. And he just let it sit there. And just it just grew in me. And when I got into life circumstances and had gotten away and was disenchanted and I was begging the most, I'm like, I am alone. When I was with camp, I was, I, I loved being with them. I'm like, Lord, what do I do? Lord came to me in a dream and said, 
multiply yourself. What? Multiply yourself. You are the sons of God. Procreate your mind. And in that dream, I saw four young men. I ended up later working at a job, and I met four young men at that job. And I knew I had to transfer this over to them. And as I did, one of them got it. His name is Shofar. My life was going through turmoil. Shofar is waking up because he was a devout Christian. He's waking up. And it's even some more significant. I worked at, I had to work at this job because the law, I got a, arrested for suspended license, okay? So my mind is ticking at this time. And I'm like, man, I don't got arrested twice. What am I doing wrong? I don't know nothing about the law. I'm like, I am tired of getting harassed by these people. I got to learn this law. They sentenced me to work at a job in order to pay back the fees for being on probation. I couldn't just get the money anywhere. They had to have evidence of where I was getting the money so that they knew I wasn't doing it illegal. So my friend, his wife, had a temporary service. So she got me in there. I arrived at this job, and there's four brothers there, and I immediately recognized this must be the four brothers that was in my dream. So I start chopping away at them every day. This is the God honest truth. So far to this day will bear me witness. I don't even talk to him, but he would bear me witness if he was around. Listen to me good. Every day, lunchtime, I'm going to sit down at lunch at first. We got we got Christians, we got Moors, we got gods, we got comedic people, Egyptologists, we got nationalists and hardcore black panthers, all of them working at this same job. One day I decided I was going to open my mouth at the lunch table. They started to first of all ridicule me because they, they were like, man, you know, you you can't. I told them that that immaculate conception is a lie. And they were like, oh, man, everybody knows that that's the truth. But it was stolen out of Egypt and all that. So I go to breaking this down and I show it in scripture from that day forth. All of these different groups, Morris Science Temple, Nation of Islam, Black Panthers, all these Africanists and all this, they all wanted to come sit with me and reason with me every day. The four guys were there. So far was the one that was showing the most resistance. Believe it or not, his, his, I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it. His, natural na- his birth name is Thomas. So Thomas was the one that I was struggling with the most because he knew the Bible. He knew it up and down, and he was a Christian, and he believed in white Jesus. So I'm reasoning every day at the table, Caucasian Christians there, Negro Christians and everybody, right? But they all want to hear Brother Priest come talk and sit down and reason. 
for whatever reason, that don't make me special. I'm just putting this on the record so that it is not it is not forgotten what it took to get us to where we are and where we're about to go now. So just hear me out. So now I'm telling you that God honest truth. Wrestling with Thomas. Nine months to the day. No lie. I'm at that job for nine months. Listen to what happened. This man, the owner, actually comes up in a jokingly manner and, and like, hey, he was a Chaldean. Hey, do the work. Hey, get the moving. Get the moving. And he slaps me in the face like he's playing. Everybody steps back like, oh. I looked him square in his eye and I said, don't touch me again. He's like, oh, I'm just playing, I'm just playing, I'm just playing. Listen to me good. This actually happened. Very next day, I come to work. I'm there for a few minutes. Thomas walks up to me and says, man, you know, I just got to say it. I am an Israelite. After he tells me this, they pulled me aside and fired me, had me sign a release. The very last day I was there, my job of planting that seed was complete. So far, reaching out to me, I ain't the now he's so far. He converts from Thomas to so far. Biggest, I mean, this guy was, man, he used to argue me down all the time about scripture. He just didn't want to believe that Jesus was black. He, didn't, he, But every time he come to me, I'm pointing out scriptures. I'm giving him history. I'm giving him evidence. And he would get angry. I mean, a couple of times he wouldn't even speak to me. <laughs> he wouldn't speak to me for a couple of days. All types of stuff. He would be angry because he just did not want to believe it. Last, the very last day, he says, I am an Israelite. Now, what he's, he's supposed to come study with me, but I'm fired from the job, and we just can't connect. I'm going through pure hell in my life. All the brothers that are at the place, they all are asking about me. Where can we go see this brother? Where can we go hear him talk? Where can we go chill with him? Some of them would get off work and come to my, they would find my house. And they would come to my house. <laughs> so far, that's when YouTube comes out. About a year later, so far goes searching on the internet and finds Hebrew Israelites on the street. Comes and talks to me about it. And I told him, Beware. Be very careful. And he went down that path, and he eventually joined them. He's still my brother, and I love him. I do believe he will probably eventually not be with that that side, but I'm just telling you the story. And so now the, the problem is, now this message has to multiply in the minds that are going to get it. So, here we are, right? You must protect this. 
and you must use it as medicine on yourself to heal yourself. You must use it as medicine to heal the people around you, but you got to know how to deliver it. Don't try to call yourself teaching. You can drop little hints. You can reason a little bit here and there. Do not try to teach it. Because if you make the mistake that I did when I first came in, I made enemies of my own bloodline because I was so zealous about this truth that they still are angry with me 30 years later. They don't want to talk to me. And it breaks my heart because I took it upon myself to try and go out and try to teach everybody and, you know, tell everybody the truth. The truth ain't for everybody. Seek and ye shall find. So if somebody's not seeking it, you got to be very, very careful on how you're delivering it. It's okay to go out and do the work. Speak when spoken to. Ask and answer. But you don't. You are not to go out here and call yourself a teacher and try to be shoving it down people's throats. That is not our way. Period. Hopefully, you can see why it is not our way. But the essential message is: obey me, submit to the will of the Most High God Almighty, and all the laws and statutes, the commandments. You will be in harmony with the earth. You'll be in harmony with the universe, and the, the waters shall be still. You can calm the storms because your behavior is in order. Hope that makes sense. Anybody want to ask any questions before we go? Shalom, brother. I had just a Shalom. comment. Um, yes. The Hebrew faith Right when we was known as just you know sons and sons and daughters of the Most High, could it be that the term Hebrew when it means to cross over does it mean that we can equate that with crossing over back into the God conscious mindset that was permeating when Adam and the rest of the people at that time were living? Because we had fallen so astray up to the time you know we got to Abraham. And but people recognize that that spirit is very familiar that he's carrying. That I recognize that spirit from somewhere. Our ancestors was living like that. Could that be that we're crossing back over into that God conscious perspective at what it means to practically obey the Most High and fear the Lord in what we're supposed to be doing? Brother, honestly, I've never thought about that way. And honestly, I got to tell you, I feel like that's a revelation, like that's been revealed. Because, see, from what I know about when you come down through the bloodline of, of Noah and you get to Methuselah, it, it, it aligns with what the scriptures are teaching us, and it makes perfect sense. Because the word Hebrew comes from Eber, which is like, great grandfather of Abraham, something like that. So actually what Eber and his forefathers were doing 
was exactly that. They were going from region to region, crossing over. But why did Abraham choose that and accept that? And you just explained it. It makes perfect sense to me. Crossing back over into that God-conscious original mind state. That God-consciousness is God-awareness within self, knowing that you are directly connected to everything in the universe. Everything. Thank you for that, brother. Anybody got a question? I hope you all see it. I tried to get it out last week, and I was trying to lead up to getting to the fear of the Lord for this week. But I kind of like bumbled last week horribly. So I said, you know what? Let me do a chart so I can show these time time frames. So you think about what happened. You're going to reason with it. It's going to grow in you. Okay, I got to ask this question to Bradley, to Montavious, to DeShane, to Shanice. Is it possible that the four of you, if we could switch to Wednesday, Yeah, that's fine. Yes. Okay. Um, this brother Shane. Um, I will have to check. My would it be the same time? What time? Uh, would it be? No, it will be later. It will be. Let me see. It will be 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It will be 8 p.m. Central Time. Okay, I'm preaching so like Bradley for me. Um, at 9, I'll probably be uh, going into work. So 8 o'clock to 9, I'll be here. Okay, don't worry about it then. We'll just be back here next week. I just wanted to check just just in case. Um, I need some other people. To, I need some other people to be in a class on Wednesday at nine Eastern. Anybody here that can't that can't like if we do Monday, we we do Wednesday as well. But it's basically seated thought. But I, it's a new guy that is um. He's of he's I think he's of elder age, and he needs to interact. So at least for a few weeks or so, is there anybody that can be there with me on Wednesday with him? Coming. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Montavious. <clears throat> Well, I'm going to shoot for next Wednesday, and um, I'll bring the information on what we're going to do for next Wednesday. But um, we need to get this brother interacting with some people because he can't – he's in Antigua, Antigua or whatever. He's in 
you know, Central America, South America. Um, so, and he's of elder age, and he's actually a relative to some of the leaders of that country. And we were talking to them by way of a formal, our former ambassador at large, Antajanir. Um, he was doing deals with them, and the people in Antigua were supposed to be coming into the nation, and people in the, the Antiguan government, who are his relatives, were supposed to be joining us in the nation. And we had some major things planned, but, you know, Antajanir told me, even over there is still some nigga business going on. But um Antajanir has been gone for mm, three years, three or four years, and no love loss at all. He was a good brother. Just he just didn't make it uh this far. But the effects of what he's done is part of the reason why Gavin is here, why Trevon is here. Um, they both knew him, and or they still know him. And uh, this brother, his name is Ty Mason, or really is I guess Bernard Mason. And he calls himself B, himself B Mason, and he calls himself Ty Mason. So he's B Mason. That's in our um, Facebook group, the Keys of the Kingdom Facebook group, and um, he used to be a Shriner, uh, the Freemason group. And he gave that up when he heard this message. And he's connected to that Antiguan government. He's connected to the banking system there. And he's probably going to be a very important brother for us. He needs some, um, some fellowship. He can't get on the fellowship line. So We'll talk about it next week. Thank you all for being here. I hope you got something out of it. Oh, praise it to the most high. Salam. You know what? I forgot. Uh, call me tomorrow if you can afternoon, please. Shalom. 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 Shalom.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.